Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and just like I've been telling you this week, every day this week in our Home Group, we're going to be talking about events that are happening in our part of the world, and I'm here with Denise and Joel, and Paul, we're so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry I missed yesterday's Home Group. Well, we're glad you're here today. Thank you. And today we're going to talk about the leading of the Holy Spirit in times that are a little difficult. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world you'll have tribulation. Well, we're having a little tribulation. And I was thinking just before we started home group about one time many years ago, I was flying on a plane with my associate that was traveling with me. And we hit really bad, bad turbulence. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never felt anything like this. And I looked at him and he had thrown his arms up in the air and he said, whoa! I said, what is wrong with you? He said, I'm not going to be afraid of that. Let's enjoy the moment. He said, let's just act like we're riding in a boat on rough water or we're on a roller coaster. Let's just enjoy the moment. His name was Nikolai. He was a precious friend. And I looked at him and I thought, that's an interesting way to look at things. And you know, sometimes you can't change the turbulence that you're dealing with. So rather than be paralyzed, you just have to say, Jesus, your Lord, help us just get through this and get through it with joy. And that's really what Jesus said in John 16, 33. In this world, you'll have tribulation. And then he said, be of good cheer. What a thing to say, be of good cheer. And the Greek actually means, so cheer yourself up. Hey, it's going to happen. Just get over it. Just cheer yourself up. And then he adds, I have overcome the world. Now, we are not indifferent to the fact that many people are going through really rough times right now. We understand that. But you know what? I've been on the phone with a lot of pastors, even in Ukraine. And you know what they're saying to me? One after the other. We're fine. Jesus is Lord. The Bible didn't change. We're absolutely fine. We're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. Pastor after pastor, Christian leader after Christian leader, that's what they're saying to me on the telephone. They are people of faith. And you know, we've had faith teaching. It's time for us to walk in it. You know, there are textbook football players. They know how to play it all according to the textbooks. But then there's the time when it's time to play the game. And my friends, people are on the field. They're playing the game right now. They're using their faith. And they're staying positive. They're staying positive. And I told you yesterday that I woke up yesterday with a lot of text messages. My goodness. And by the way, thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you. We're hearing from people from all over the world. But a lot of people said, are you guys going to get out of there? Get out of there? Where would we go? Where would we go? Well, you could just get out, and get out of there and go. Can you tell me one part of the world right now that doesn't have a mess of some kind? Every part of the world is either politically in a mess, morally in a mess. And what is important right now is that we be the army of God. Armies don't run. They know where they're assigned. And they stay in their place. They take directions from their commander. Mm -hmm. And our commander, in this case, is the head of the church, Jesus, who speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is giving us day by day, sometimes hour by hour, sometimes minute by minute, instructions. And I want to tell you that every one of us on this set 
in our home group tonight, we can affirm to you that right now it feels like our world that we're living in right here, it's changing hourly. The things that have happened in the past week, the restrictions placed against the country that we live in, the sanctions, the banks, I mean, the list is like, it's growing. What, in the, what, what else can be done? What else can be done? What else can be done? And in a certain way, it feels like we're being totally isolated. But in another way, we're insulated because we're where God has us. It's where we need to be. We're on assignment. The word endure, the Greek word. Endurozo. No, don't <laughs> stop it. Oh my gosh, hupomene. Oh, hupomene. Oh, oh my goodness. That's where we get the word endure. <laughs> it means to, <laughs> the word endure means to maintain your territory oh. and to maintain territory gained. That's our assignment. And Paul, just think about it. This week, look at the numbers of people, thousands that are reaching out to us for prayer, asking us for the word of God. You want to say a word about that? We need to continue to do what we are doing. Even this week, someone also asked, are you going to continue? Are you going to do what you plan to do? Do you still need to do this? Do you still need to do that? My response was, God is not bipolar. He doesn't tell you to do something that you can't do. He doesn't tell you to do something that a few days later, he's going to say, oops, I didn't know about that. I guess we need to adjust the plans. God is not bipolar. If you gave you something to do, it means you can do it. Now, of course, there are a lot of things that change. There's always things that change, but that doesn't change God. So we just stick to what we're supposed to do. You just stick with your call. That's what you have to do. Yes. And, it, and honestly, it's a decision. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of thinking. Joel? I want to say... If you're a believer, I believe God knows where you live. And He can take care of you where you are. And if the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you should follow that leading. And God's going to take care of you. You know, like Dad just said, you know, where can you go? You know, if, if, if you have an option and the Holy Spirit tells you to do that, great. But it, Jesus will take care of you anywhere. Mm -hmm. But it's best if you stay in his will. I want to give a testimony. Last year, our ministry acquired the largest Russian-speaking Christian satellite network in the world. I don't know if you knew that, but we, we really did. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And the week after we acquired it, a major attack took place in my life. Major. I can't go into it, and it's anyone else is amazing. It happened right when we were publishing. Unlikely, I thought, oh my goodness, this is the most amazing thing that I'm going through, and I can't include it in the story. I can never tell the story because it's something I just can't talk about. But it happened here where we live. It was a major, major assault, and I kept thinking to myself, okay, we just acquired this major satellite, we're investing, and bam, this attack took place. And naturally speaking, I could have said, what are we going to do? And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, continue. Everything will be fine. Do you think I didn't know about this attack when you were acquiring the network? 
Do you think I didn't know about all of this in advance? Do you think anything takes me by surprise? Nothing takes me by surprise. Just, he literally said, continue. And it was also at the time when we were pouring the slab for the new TV studio. Yeah. I'm looking out the window, watching the concrete trucks pull up, the concrete pouring out, me hearing this legal prognosis that's been said about me that puts me in jeopardy, thinking about all the money we're spending and what could happen possibly to me and my mind saying, what should we do? And the Lord saying, do you think I'm surprised? Do you think I didn't know all this was going to happen when I told you to get the network, when I told you to build the studio? Do you think I didn't know all of that? Mm -hmm. Continue. Everything will be all right. And if you are just moved by panic, you'll abort your plans all the time. You'll start, you'll stop, you'll run, you'll be frozen, you'll be paralyzed. That's what the devil wants to do. You can't be moved by outward circumstances. You just can't be. Paul. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4. That's what he gives us. Peace that surpasses all understanding. So when it seems like there should be no reason for peace, you can have peace in absolute illogical situations. Yes. It's something that is beyond our own capability to gain an understanding or have a sense of security from outside sources. It comes from within. And the first thing that Jesus said to his disciples when he came from after his ascension was peace, peace to you. Peace be He wants to give you peace. It's obvious. He wants to give you peace. And if that is his will, then we need to latch onto that and hold onto it as tight as we possibly can. Joel. Paul in uh, John chapter 16, verse 33, Bible says, But take heart, because I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. And I think that when turmoil comes into our lives, we need to train ourselves to think, okay, what's our opportunity? Mm -hmm. There is opportunity for us to have. Oh, there's great opportunity. And right this now, is a moment the gospel is needed. Mm -hmm. Right now in, in our ministry, and if you're a partner, you're a part of this, our opportunity is to help people who are in need to reach out to those people, to be available to them. And you know, everybody needs the gospel. Both sides of any situation needs the gospel. And we need to be available for those people. And Joel, our team is on phone, we're online. I mean, we're dealing with thousands of prayer requests coming into us right now. But I want us to jump to John 16, verse 13, where Jesus said something. He said, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all the truth and at the end of the verse, it says, he will show you things to come. Now, I've talked to you about that before. The word guide is the Greek word hodega. It comes from the Greek word hodas, which is the Greek word for a road. But when it becomes hodega, it describes a road guide or a tour guide or one who leads you on an excursion. Well, what does a tour guide do? A tour guide knows everything. Well, you don't know everything because you've never been to the site before. That's why you have a tour guide. A tour guide. You get a tour guide because you don't know where you are. You don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what's interesting. You don't know what you need to avoid. You don't know where the toilets are. You don't know anything. But the tour guide is a professional. He knows everything that is there. And that's the word which Jesus used to describe the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which means if we will listen to him. And that's the key. If we'll listen to him, the Holy Spirit will say, hey, let me take you by the hand. 
I know everything in front of you. I know all the landmines planted by the enemy. I know everything you need to circumvent. I know how to walk you around every attack. I know all the sights, everything you need to avoid, everything you need to do. I've been there. I've seen it all. I'm a pro at what is in front of you. Which means if we'll listen to him, he will lead us. And I want to give you an example. In John chapter 11, we have the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to turn there, but I'm just going to discuss it with you. So, Jesus receives word that Lazarus is sick. And Jesus doesn't move. For three days, he doesn't budge. Now, isn't that interesting? And Lazarus, his dear friend, is very nigh unto death. And the disciples are amazed. Why aren't we going? And Jesus just does not move for three days. And at the end of three days, Jesus says, now we're going to go. And then Jesus makes an amazing statement. He says, there's 12 hours of the day. If you walk in the night, you're going to walk in darkness. But if you walk during the light of the day, you're going to walk in light. And Jesus here was really talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. If you just move on your own, you're going to move in darkness. But if you'll walk in the light that's being given to you, you'll see what you need to do. And Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit not to go to Lazarus in those first three days. You know why? An attack was waiting for Jesus. Because all the Jews who wanted to kill Jesus thought he would show up. So they all came. They were ready to stone him. But when Lazarus died and Jesus never showed up, they dropped their stones, they all went home, and that's when the Holy Spirit spoke to Jesus and said, Now, go. Jesus was walking in the light that was revealed to him. And sometimes, guess what? You can only see the light a little ways in front of you. Just because you're walking in the light doesn't mean you see everything's going to happen next week. Sometimes the walk is day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. And Jesus just knew, I'm released now. Now we can go. And when he showed up, that attack that had been set for him had been completely foiled. He walked around a landmine and he raised Lazarus from the dead anyhow. But that's what Jesus did. And Jesus trusted the Holy Spirit and said to us that we need to trust him. He is our guide. Joel? Uh, John chapter 11, verse 14 says, Then he, Jesus, told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because this will give you another opportunity to believe in me. Come, let's go see him. You know why he said, I'm glad for your sake I wasn't there? Because they were waiting to attack him. Well, I like, what I like about this is it says, for your sake, I'm glad we weren't there because it will give you, the disciples, another opportunity to believe in me. And if we give Jesus room to operate, you know, sometimes we take things in our own hands and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. But if we do, we'll be happy we gave him an opportunity. Amen. You know, this week in our home group, we're offering my book, which is called Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes, for free. We just want to give it to you. If you'll reach out to us, we'll get it right to you. And in this book, Jesus described the signs we'll see just before he comes. 
And in Matthew chapter 24, there are amazing signs. You guys, I wrote this book before the pandemic. By the way, have you noticed that in the past two weeks, everybody's forgotten about COVID? Nobody's talking about masks. Nobody's talking about Dr. Fauci. It's like it just disappeared because something new came on the news. It just disappeared. But according to Matthew 24, there's going to be another event and another event and another event turmoils. and another event. Turmoils, commotions. Jesus talked about all of it. And Jesus said, all of these things must be, but the end is not yet. I the word end, the Greek word suntaleo means the wrap up. It doesn't mean you've come to the very end yet. And Jesus also said that there's going to be birth pains. You know, we're coming to the end of an age and the beginning of a new age. And every time something's born, it comes with birth pains. And ages are, we're in a transition of ages, Denise. Well, I was thinking the other day, uh, as this was unfolding, what's happening in the Ukraine, I was, I was thinking, oh, COVID COVID has kind of disappeared. Now we've got this. And I thought, oh, this is birth pangs. And of course, if you're a mother and you're listening to me, you know what birth pangs are like. But the one great thing for mothers with birth pangs is they have a child. And that's our great hope. These things are happening, but Jesus is coming. We're going to be with him for eternity. And he says, when these things happen, look up. Your redemption is drawing nigh. So I just want to bring that word of comfort that as things start to unfold, and yes, they probably are going to be bad. Jesus said they're like birth pangs, but... We're coming to a place where our redemption is drawing nigh. Amen. And we're going to be with him forever. Paul? I'm, I'm looking forward to the redemption. The, everything that we're talking about and seeing on the news, it, it's putting my focus on eternal things. Mm. Yes. And, and I think that that's an important message uh, it seems more important to me personally than it did yesterday. What? The idea that the redemption of the church, the, the, the rapture, the rapture of the church is nigh. That just that, that sense that there's, there's another element to our faith that has to do with eternity, mm -hmm. that, seems, that seems more important, more real, more comforting today than it did yesterday. Mm. Yeah, the Christian faith is so interesting. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. We talk about Jesus' return, heaven, eternity. There's a lot of people going to hell. But, you know, we talk about how in, before Jesus comes back, things are going to get worse. I mean, that's, that's part well, of Well, that's just what Jesus said. So we talk about how things get worse and worse and worse and worse, but we, we think about eternity through it all. And I think it's very important, Paul, like you said, to keep our eyes on eternity. Amen. Well, hey, guys, we're out of time, but when we come back tomorrow night, guess what we're going to do? We're going to talk about how we keep our minds free from fear. And we're going to really talk about the 91st Psalm, mm. which our family has literally lived in. We've been baptized in the 91st Psalm for more than 30 years. It's going to really help you. But please remember to go online and get your book or give us a call. 
signs you'll see just before Jesus comes. We love you. Pray for us. We're praying for you. We're maintaining our position and doing what Jesus has asked us to do to help people. And thank you for helping us. We love you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.